Good morning, Joe Keyboard here with WCMP. I am joined, as always, by Rod Greeter, the University of Minnesota Agriculture Educator for Pine County. As we were talking about managing hayland and pasture during this drought. Rod, good morning. How are you? I'm doing okay, but not too happy that we're in another uh, 10 days without any rain. Yeah, it's not great. Let's start off then with that, you know, that usual ag update here. Yeah, so the, the drought is still uh, in full swing. Uh, crop report, uh, the most recent crop report shows our corn condition at 40% or less of the crop is good to excellent. And, of course, that's more to the south and the southeast where they've gotten some rain. Mm-hmm. The soybean crop also is uh, declining uh, as we speak. Pasture condition, now listen to this, Joe. Pasture condition was 25% very poor, 40% poor. So 65% of the pastures across the state of Minnesota are poor to very poor. So we've got some real problems there, and only 5% of it is classified as good. Also, uh, hay condition uh, remained at about 10% good to excellent, which, do the math there, means it's 90% fair to poor. Mm -hmm. So we've got some serious issues going on. But in contrast to that, interestingly, uh, you know, when uh, supply goes down, prices can go up. Demand is fairly high for, uh, you know, for crops and commodities. And uh, so grain prices are high. So guess what? Land prices are going up again. Oh, wow. Uh, we hit the highs back in 2013 and 14. And there was just an article in the Star Tribune yesterday about how land prices are uh, kind of getting back up to that same level, seven to nine thousand dollars per acre in some parts of the state some sales even higher than that i was just in iowa a week or so ago and and uh, land prices down there 12 to thirteen thousand. and this is you know during a summer when we're gonna maybe have a crop loss and a dam and a catastrophe but prices are high that's the way it works now land prices in in pine county of course are probably half that We've got some good land going for three and four thousand, but a lot of our land is more in those in, the, in that two grand uh, fifteen hundred range. All depends on how it's used and how it's been uh, handled o- over the last few years. So that drought effect on corn and soybean yields, of course, is greatest now as we're moving into pollination of those of the of the corn and the uh, soybeans. So I've been hearing from some guys that they're planning on cutting their corn for silage because it's probably just not going to make enough grain. Gotcha. And there's not a lot of tassels out there, and we're already the middle of July. And like you said, uh, you know, it looks like another week or so of, of hot and dry. So got some real problems out there in the crops. We are starting to see some more insects in our corn and beans, some aphids, spider mites. Also seeing some grasshoppers, but they're not at economic threshold levels yet. So just mm-hmm. because you see a grasshopper on the fence post by your cornfield doesn't mean you need to spray. Mm-hmm. You need to do some scouting and do some measurements. And I think as we've talked about before, you need to have 250 aphids per plant before they start doing damage. So it can look pretty bad and you still may not have to spray. But you want to scout and be on top of it. Okay. So again, we have many beef uh, beef cow and calf as well as dairy producers here in pine county lots of horses so what should uh, owners be doing to cope with this drought right now yeah we do have a you know a heavy agriculture base in the county we rank in the top half of counties for the number of horses which is kind of interesting hmm. and we're pretty we're in the top half in dairy and we're a significant beef producer as well so a lot of livestock here a lot of pastures a lot of hay so this is a big issue for the county uh, we're seeing that 
uh, guys who normally would get two crops of grass hay are only getting one. Mm. And it doesn't look like they're going to get a second one, even if the rain comes now. And mostly cool season grasses stop growing when it gets hot. So uh, they're probably only going to get one crop. And that crop that they had got was probably half to two-thirds of normal. So we're starting to see the hay prices are starting to increase, which doesn't make the cow-calf producers and horse owners who are feeding hay uh, too happy. So we've got to start doing something about our pastures and our, our hay land. And, yes, there are some things we can do about the pastures. And that comes under the category of managing pastures. We can adjust the stocking rates, which guys are starting to do. They're culling some of their older cows, some that uh, – have been open, of course. You want to get rid of those. Some with a bad mouth, broken teeth. They're getting older, uh, just maybe declining in condition. So lowering your stocking rate can do uh, can make your pastures last a little longer. You might want to supplement the cows with uh, you know some extra hay, maybe some alfalfa, although that's costly. You might want to wean early. So if you're if you have cows with calves on them, you might want to take those calves off at 120 days or so. Make sure they've had some creep feed so they can adjust to mm-hmm. being fed uh, some grain. But you can do that and lessen the demand on that cow by about 25 to 30 percent. So the cow will eat less too. Mm-hmm. So that's why you would do it. It's kind of a trade-off. Uh, another thing is um, I see people uh, moving their cattle and, and grazing every pasture right down to the nubbins, right down to the ground, and that is a problem. What you want to do is is choose one pasture, maybe it's a 10-acre pasture with some shade and, some, and a, a water source to it, and leave the cattle in there, let them eat that one down, give them some hay, some supplement, until that next rain comes, but let those other pastures rest 35, 42 days. Mm -hmm. Don't graze everything down. Then you're hurting your entire farm. Just take what we call a sacrifice paddock, let them graze it down, and then maybe next year you'll plant a warm season grass in there or some more alfalfa. Gives you a chance to do some renovation too on a cycle. So choose a piece of ground that maybe needs some work anyway and sacrifice that instead of grazing everything down to the bottom. And when you're grazing, too, you want to leave you know, three inches or more of that residue. Leave some of that solar panel so it can, those roots can recover. And you don't want to start grazing again until generally about six to eight inches, which is always tough when the cattle are standing there, need something to eat, and you want to open the gate. So uh, there are some things you can do. You always want to control weeds because the weeds, cattle aren't eating that, and they're competing against your grass. You want to fertilize, but, of course, you want to do that smartly Mm -hmm. in the time of the year when you can get some growth, when you're not going to get it leaching through the profile and into our groundwater and our surface waters. Uh, But there are some things you can do like that, and I already mentioned planting warm season grasses. So a lot of our orchard grass, Timothy, things that are natural across the county uh, are the cool season, do well in May and June. Mm -hmm. But you can have some warm season grasses, some of our natives, big blue stem, things like that, that they'll start to pick up growth in July and August. Not a lot of guys have that on their farms. You can seed it. You can you know, rent the, uh, the no-till drill from Soil and Water Conservation Service and put some of that in. Spread out your, your uh, pasture supply. So there are a number of things you can do there, uh, but all of those will take some time, might cost some money, but I think it'll be a uh, better return longer mm-hmm. in the long term if you, if you take some hit now to save those pastures. And then always soil tests. Know what you're 
there's nothing better to man, to uh, uh, handle a drought than a healthy plant that has good fertility. So always make sure you soil test and fertilize, but fertilize at the right times. Absolutely. So what can producers feed their cattle and horses when pastures are drying up and regular hay is short? Yeah, good quality hay is high priced because uh, on-farm hay stocks are already down 15 to 20 percent hmm. from last year. Uh, I've heard some prices at uh, the Heidelberger hay sale down in Rock Creek weren't too bad yet, but I think it's starting to kick in here now that guys aren't going to get that second crop. So that's going to start going up. You can look at some other cheap, cheaper feedstuffs like corn screenings, uh, distilled grains, uh, wet distiller's grains, things like that. Uh, guys are also thinking about applying so they can graze or hay their conservation reserve program acres, their CRP acres. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Farm Service Agency and USDA are going to open up some of those programs to allow people to graze. So there may be some options coming. Uh, as we talked about, corn crop may not go to grain. They may be cutting some silage. Uh, I remember when I was growing up, we were feeding feeding early uh, cutting hay, uh, corn in August already in a drought. So they may be feeding some corn, early cut corn, green chopped as we called it, uh, maybe some small grains, silage and baleage like we talked about a couple weeks ago. And then another one that recently has come up is ditch hay. We all know what that is, right? It's the hay along the, the roadways where somebody will cut it and bale it up. Mm -hmm. And you do have to get a permit for that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, people don't always know that or do that. But mm -hmm. if it's a state highway or federal highway, you've got to get a permit to, in order to do that. But you've got to be careful about feeding that because generally that's, you know, just anything and everything grows there. Mm -hmm. So lots of weeds, maybe noxious weeds. Horses can be very sensitive to certain weeds like a wild parsnip, which is in a lot of our road ditches. Uh also, uh, we all know what's out there in those ditches besides the grass. It's the pop cans and bottles, and mm -hmm. you wouldn't get you. We do a, a highway pickup down in Cambridge on at the interchange of 65 and 95, and you'd be amazed at what all kinds of stuff get thrown out of cars. It's just uh, phenomenal what people who's still littering. I wish I knew who was still yeah. doing it. But uh, if you're going to feed that ditch hay, you don't know what's going to be in there. Uh, they also will spray some of those ditches, so you might have some herbicide residues. They won't necessarily hurt the horses so bad. All depends on the concentration. Mm -hmm. But it'll go through their manure, and then that, that manure out in the pasture may kill the grass that's there. So you got to think through this whole equation. might seem like a cheap hay source, ditch hay that is, but it may come with some consequences. Well, uh, how can people get in contact with you and other things going on, extension going on, whether they want to talk about stuff going on on how to handle their animals during this time or just things coming up here with the uh, U of M Ag Extension Office? Yeah, we'll be out at the uh, Pine County Fair here in two weeks, and we'll be there with uh, 4-H, all of Extension, um, Pine County Master Gardeners, and I'll have a booth there as well. We'll have some information on how to deal with the drought from a crop standpoint, a livestock standpoint, maybe even your lawns and trees and other such things. Uh, we're also going to do an ag tourism workshop coming up this fall, and I think we've talked about that in the past. A lot mm -hmm. of people want to start a small farm and host the public, whether it's whether it's uh, Sapsucker Farms over in Moore at their cidery, or it's Northern Hollow Winery down by Graston, or it's education, or a CSA, or farm stays, lots of things going on where people uh, come onto your farm. 
and there's uh, opportunities there, but there are also some watchouts, and we're going to have a workshop this fall to talk about that. They can get a hold of us and follow us on Facebook, Pine County Ag Extension. They can call me directly, 320-591-1662. Awesome. Well, Rod, thank you so much for stopping on by. Thanks, Joe. Have a great weekend.